Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we're talking to Christine Chen, who's a personal development coach to the Asian market and a TEDx speaker. Today we talk about how growing up with other entrepreneurs, she saw success, but she did not see happiness or health. She is on a mission to help other women struggling to find their true identity, discover their true self and happiness through teaching conscious time management and emotional resilience. We also talk about her experience as a TEDx speaker and how being a third culture citizen has shaped her identity. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast with your hosts, Randy and Catherine. This is a space for powerful women to share their story and to be real and raw about the truth of living your life's purpose. Any topic is fair game. We check gossip at the door so we can focus on building community and collaboration. This podcast will help you discover your individual power and give you the tools to live your most uplifted life. So let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we have Christine, and Christine is a personal development coach to the Asia market with a focus on creating conscious time management and building emotional resilience. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is also a TEDx speaker and has lived all over the world. So welcome, Christine. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hello. Thank you for the intro. Uh, it's It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so we just want to dive right yeah. into your story and kind of learn more about how you became a personal development coach. Yeah, definitely. So hi again, everyone. And as mentioned earlier, I'm a third culture kid in a way I grew up in different parts of the world. So since I was young, I've lived in five different countries. So that's the Philippines, uh, Taiwan, China, France, and now I'm in the United States. So I've always been entrepreneurial since I was a kid, starting my first business at the age of nine, mm-hmm. actually, j- just for fun. Wow. But the official one is 15 years old. Wow. And up until today, so I've launched multiple businesses in social entrepreneurship, tourism, a high technology. And the reason I got into personal development is that uh, my parents are actually both entrepreneurs. And growing up in an entrepreneurial uh, society, like everyone are entrepreneurs, I noticed one thing, and that is success doesn't mean happiness. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a lot of people, even if they're super duper rich, or if even if they got like uh, a lot of funding, there's still something missing that they feel empty in a way, yeah. or they feel like their life is out of control. So that is what really drove me. Uh, to get into the work I'm doing right now, uh, which is related to psychology, personal development, is because I want to help you if you're an entrepreneur or you're an impact, uh, you're all about impact, help you reach your dreams um, by fueling you with the proper tools mentally because I realize it's not just a money game, it's also a mental game. That's so fascinating. And when I heard your story, I was really intrigued because you had such a focus on the Asian market specifically. So you obviously live in these places, but I guess, because you could cater to anyone, why did you pick the Asian market specifically? That's amazing, because uh, if you guys have Asian friends, you'll notice something. Uh, we're very perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has to be A. Like, since we were young, we were trained yeah. that way. And in a way, personal development, you know, mental health, these kinds of things are not mentioned, mm. because... If you admit that there's something you're not good at, that's weakness. Wow. 
And I'm set out and it's my mission to help Asians realize that it's okay to not be perfect and that there are ways that we can properly cope with problems without resulting to, you know, alcohol, because alcohol is one of the biggest things, you know, for escaping in Japan, whether it's yeah, Japan, China, it's all drinking. When you're stressed, you drink. So um, I want to change that culture in a way, like let it understand that it's okay to talk about these things. So. Wow. That's incredible. So what are some of the tools that you provide your clients with to help them discover like true happiness? Because like you said, you're discovering that like happiness is not just in these external things. Right. How do you really help your clients discover that happiness? So I focus a lot on conscious time management because if you look at it really, um, a lot of people say that they're not happy, you know, they're not managing their time well. But what that actually is, is a lack of life management. So I start with conscious time management. We start by understanding uh, what's holding you back, what are your beliefs, and everything like that, and being aware of yourself, not just mentally, but also biologically. Uh, for example, what time do you feel the most sleepy? What food do you eat with triggers anxiety? Things like that. So we start with you. And then we trace back, uh, we go back to building proper habits for you to create the life that you want. So in a way, happiness, I believe, comes from having an inner sense of peace. Mm -hmm. And inner sense of peace is achieved when we have inner control. And inner control starts with time management. When you know where you are going in life, when you know you are in control of your day, you feel a peace that can't be found, like you can't find it anywhere. So there you go, conscious time management. <laughs> and I'm guessing this probably stemmed from something that you went through personally. Yes. So what was like your aha moment when you felt like you had to teach this to other people? Okay, so my mom is an entrepreneur, right? And she is the typical Asian entrepreneur who drinks and smokes. So two years ago, something eventful happened and she got third stage oral cancer because of her lifestyle. And I lived with her um, in the Cancer Institute and that opened my eyes to how important time management is because I was there in the hospital, you know, and you see people you know, on the brink of dying and you start questioning, you know, what is success and failure at this point when you are at the hospital bed, you know? And that really made me reflect, what am I doing with my life? Uh, if I do get to a point where I'm in a hospital bed, did I do my best? So that really uh, made me see a lot of things in a way. Like it's so important to live each day with intention to know what we are actually doing because we never know. And that also, that Cancer Institute experience living there, uh, help me with when it comes to stop pleasing other people. So I know we talked about that, right? So in the past, I used to be someone who cared a lot about what people think about me, especially in business, you know, because I keep changing. Um, I have a lot of businesses and in a way like people will tell me, Christine, why are you in tech now? Weren't you in tourism or weren't, why are you cha keep changing? <laughs> and I, in a way, like for me, that's what makes me happy. But sometimes I feel guilty because I want to please people older than me or people I respect. And living in that cancer institute made me realize, girl, seriously, like, why are you trying to please these people? I mean, 
sorry, but we're all going to die. The people you're trying to please, they're going to die too. So just you do you, girl. So that's really <laughs> what triggered everything. And it changed my life, not just time management, but also when it comes to dealing with people, you just read, there's a liberation in knowing that time will end. And that's when I truly started to live. So. And is that, I'm, I'm guessing that's what really sparked you becoming a coach then. Is that correct? Yeah. So at that point, I was in tourism for Taiwan. Um, I was running tourism operations. And then I was like, I'm done. I'm not like, this is good, but this is not what I'm meant to do. I want people to really see that there is more in life and that we get to be more intentional. You're Mm -hmm. right. That was the point. Yeah. And how has your life been transformed since you became a personal development coach? alignment you know sometimes people ask me a lot christine how do i find my passion Mm -hmm. (laughs) like how do i know i'm doing the right thing the answer is i don't know i'm not you (laughs) but one thing i can tell you is you really need to get out there and try so the how i knew that my life was transformed and that this, this was the work i meant to do was when i felt really just so peaceful you will feel it there's a lot of stress but you feel in a way that this is the right kind of stress Mm -hmm. things you would worry about in the past don't worry you anymore um you just know it is so the way to get there is really to keep trying and i'm happy that i got to find this track in life which makes me feel at peace and you you can too absolutely did you have any fears when you were going into this um Cause like for when you when you talk about like finding your passion, that's something I struggled with a few years ago, and mm-hmm. kind of that fear of trying anything because I didn't want to fail. So yes. yeah, what do you what do you recommend for women who are kind of in that same position where it's like I'm not happy where I am, mm-hmm. but I'm also too terrified to take the next step to actually pursue what I want to do? Like what, what's that next step? You know. I feel you. Uh, I've been in that. You know. Okay, I have a folder in my laptop. It's called Life Plans. Hmm. I literally have like 10 PowerPoints <laughs> on where, where life is going to go. So I feel yeah. you. It's frustrating. <laughs> sometimes you're just mad at yourself. Like, why are you here again? Yeah. Right. So uh, the thing, the first thing is to be patient with yourself. And you have to understand that this is part of life. It's actually funny already looking at it. Enjoy it. Laugh at yourself. And step two is to seek mentorship. That really is what's life-changing. Seek And mentorship doesn't have to be, you know, someone in your proximity. It can be someone on YouTube. Uh, just have mental mentors who are there to guide you. And even to, uh, or even if physical mentors, you know, you can DM someone. Hey, I really feel lost. What should I do? Someone you look up to. And one thing that helped me was taking advice only from people that I want to be. So never take advice from, let's say, <laughs> your broke auntie, you know, you, you know, you never want to become like her. So please don't ask advice from her. <laughs> ask people from, ask advice from people who you genuinely respect yeah, and yeah. admire. I think that really helps because honestly, we really can't do it alone. It's good to have that social support and listening to podcasts like this. Definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what, what you said about not trying to be like people that we, don't want to, you know, and we don't look up to. It, it also reminds me about what you said about, you know, the people pleasing. I think so often we like people please and it's for people that 
we don't even want our lives to be like, but yet we're trying to please them. So have you seen that in your own experience? 100%. I come from Taiwan, so it's a very collectivist society. Everything is about people. Oh, what will that dad think of, uh, that uncle think mm -hmm. of, that person think of me? And when we think of people pleasing, we only think of friends, right? But it's also family. People close to us, yeah. What will my mom think of me? What if my dad thinks I'm a disappointment? Mm -hmm. So it's very, very evident. Um, around as you got to be self-aware you get to be self-aware when you feel like you're people pleasing because sometimes we don't even know we're doing it right and so what was the question again how do I oh no I was just wondering if you've seen that in your own oh, experience yeah. because I just find it so fascinating that so often we're trying to change our behavior for people who we really, you know, they don't have the lives that we want, wow. you know, and I know, especially for me at the start of my entrepreneurial journey, um, that was what really held me back was mm -hmm. worrying about what the people close to me would think, mm -hmm. but the people close to me do not have the life that I want. Right. And that was really kind of the aha moment that helped me um, break out of that was realizing that trying to change my behavior for somebody right. who doesn't have the life I want, right. it's like, it's, it's crazy, right? Exactly. And here's a practical tip I can offer in relation to what you just said, Randy, um, is this. You don't have to talk to them if you don't want to. Yeah. There are people for certain things. You don't have to talk business to people who don't understand business because they're just going to shut you down. You don't have to talk about dreaming big to someone who already gave up. You can still be friends with them, but we don't have to talk about these things. Maybe we can talk about yeah, more shallow things like, oh, food, <laughs> like, oh, Instagram, like, but still maintain that friendship. So it's being able to, in a way, communicate better by not talking about things that triggers them. That will, that also helps. That's fascinating. I'm so curious about, um, how this has gone over for you with the Asian market in particular, because it's like you said, like this collectivistic culture is very much about pleasing the masses and making sure there's right. harmony in relationships. Right. So how, how do you teach doing your own thing when the focus is all about everybody else? Like, is that received well? Like what, what are your clients, how do they react to that? <laughs> well, that's part of the emotional resilience part. And I start by teaching one thing that is the most important, which is what's stopping people from being their true selves, and that is self-esteem. Mm -hmm. We start from there because once you are the most, once you know your worth and you're sure of yourself, in the in a way you don't really care about pleasing people anymore. So for the Asian market, it's helping them find their worth because growing up, they've always been defined as oh my grades are my worth, my salary is my worth, being a doctor is my worth. But you just need to remind them, no, you are more than a law student. You are more than just an A student. You are also you. Um, and you are enough. And from there, we start the journey of not caring about what other people think and just being authentically you. And it really starts from there, self-esteem and knowing that you are enough. That's incredible. I kind of want to take a detour it might be related, but I want to know about your experience as a TEDx speaker. Oh, okay. Can you tell us about that? Okay. So that one was about my experiences growing in different parts of the world. So it's about being a third culture kid and feeling that sense of rootlessness 
in a way like I don't feel at home anywhere and it's very unsettling so that was the talk I gave it back in France in front of uh, hundreds of French people I don't speak proper French so that was very I had to speak in kindergarten like like slowly just to in, in a way like make sure my message gets out there but anyway the topic is all about yeah rootlessness how to find home when you have lived in different parts of the world so maybe for um people here in america uh, you guys traveled uh maybe you had to study abroad or you work somewhere else coming back to the u.s you sometimes feel like am i even still american like it feels weird so that's the topic yeah, I can imagine a lot of people in the military here might feel like that who move, you know, different places all of the time and may have lived overseas. And I, I, I can imagine that there is a lot of people who, like you said, what did you call it? Third culture kids? Actually, I've never heard that term yeah, before. So it's being a combination of different parts of the world. You are not just American, but you are also you know, places that left a dent in your heart. It can be Europe, it can be Asia. But, you know, I was just reading the other day in psychology, there is a field called uh, cross-planet psychology, something like that. Basically, it's for astronauts. Like, if you've lived outside of Earth, how do you wow. come back to Earth life? So that's another field. But anyway, that's beyond me. Wow, but it's so interesting. interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah, like how do you reintegrate back to human wow. life? Anyway, that I segued. But the, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, where do you fit in and where do you find your yourself? Your true self, yeah, where right? Do you find yourself in this world where yourself is so many different places right. and cultures and people and, and um, ideologies. And yeah. Especially if you've traveled and you know that feeling when you step into your home with your mom and dad for Thanksgiving, you know, you feel like you you're already a different person, but when you go back there, you're a little girl again. Yeah. So that's the feeling I felt because I've been to uh, different places. So whenever I go to a new place, it feels like I'm not me anymore, but my friends are still the same. So yeah. that's incredible. So let's see. Um, is there any other questions that you would like us to ask you that we haven't talked about already? Uh, I think we talked about self-esteem. Uh, what else? I think that's it. it we talked about, uh, you asked me about self-esteem, right? So Yes. I mean, what are your tips for somebody building self-esteem? Because yeah. I know that, that so many women struggle with self-esteem. So do you have like some tips for our listeners how they can improve their self-esteem? Right. So it's a great question, and I want to be as practical as possible. Mm -hmm. So one of the psychologists, actually, uh, I think her name is Marisa Peter. She created this very, very easy way to get back your self-esteem, and that is get a bunch of Post-it notes, and every single day write down, I am enough. And if you can, plaster it around your house. That's the first step. Uh, creating, like engineering your environment to help you establish your self-esteem. So I am enough, just that line, no other paragraph, just I am enough, I am enough. Repeat it to yourself at least 30 days and watch yourself transform. Wow. The second thing uh, that I would advise and which helped me was uh, cutting social media. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very big topic I could talk about forever. Uh, social media we get to be more intentional about how we use it. Uh, Cause sometimes when we're 
at the start of our journeys, uh, we see people you know, having vacations, or maybe if you're an entrepreneur and you see your friends in corporate and you're just, you feel jealous, like, oh, they have workmates and I'm literally alone with a laptop. So sometimes it's best uh, to cut down social media if you know it's not healthy for you and your growth. And the third tip would be to surround yourself with people uh, who believes in you. And if you are in a place where you don't have that, write down in your journal every day. So that's one more thing that helps, writing in your journal. Um, what what you did today, what are the wins you had. Those little things really add up. So. Wow. That's so cool. Um, yeah. I have another question that you kind Ooh. of um, brought up. I'm wondering... Um, Gosh, my mind, it slipped my mind. I was thinking about it, like, right when you were talking. Um, gosh, what was it? My mind is, like, totally blank. It's okay. I, but you were talking about it, and I was like, oh, I, I, I thought of a question. And then, you think yeah, you, you, thought, you, you go I just wanted to touch base, because those are amazing tips for women. Like, those are very practical and awesome places to start. Right when you said that first one where writing I am enough, that's something I struggled with because I also grew up in like a very perfectionist mentality. Like I'm not, that phrase of I'm good enough never seemed like enough. Like, cause good is not perfect. I don't want to be good enough. Like I want to be perfect. And so I read in some book, I can't, I'd have to credit it somewhere. Um, I think it's by Lanny Mulrath. Yeah. And she said, I am perfect enough. And I was like, oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> so I, I think, Sometimes, like, maybe for other perfectionist women out there, you can change the lingo, you know? You don't have to be good enough. You can be perfect enough. You can be, you know, I think finding um, what works best for you, specifically, like, what you're teaching, like, finding yourself and your own language, too, because your language mm-hmm. is going to be different from other people. So, yeah, being perfect enough. I like that. <laughs> you are perfect enough. You are, you are enough. And I like how you said language. There's a whole psychology on that, like neuro-linguistics. What you say to yourself um, is really, it's the best way to rewire your brain is to change your language. So you're right. You can say that, like, I am perfect enough. I am enough. uh, Both work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that you say that, Catherine, because I say, like, I use that phrase all the time, telling people you're enough, you're enough. Mm -hmm. But I had a woman come up to me after one of my fitness classes and told me that she had a hard time with me saying that phrase oh. for the exact reason that Catherine was saying yeah. <laughs> was because it was like, she's like, no, I'm more than enough. Exactly. I don't want to just be enough. Right. She felt like enough was like, I'm the bare minimum. Right. You know? Right. And so I was like, oh, I never thought of that. Cause like for me, it was like, I never felt like I was anything. Like, not even, like, you know what I mean? So, like, just being enough was, like, enough for me because I never even thought I could be more than that, you know? So, like, I think other women, like, you have to find what resonates with you. It's all about telling yourself that, like, who you are right now is good enough. Perfect. And in line with that, I guess a a lot of people are afraid to say, I am enough, especially ambitious women. It's because you are, in a way, afraid that if you say, I am enough, you won't strive for more and you will settle for mediocrity. That's so true. Right? But actually, you know, in life, it's not black or white. You can be both. You can be both blissful, grateful, and feel enough. 
and at the same time hold yourself to a high standard you can do both it's yeah. like you know growing up you have your mom and your dad right your mom is the one who spanks you well at least in asia with mm-hmm. a belt and the dad is like the one bringing you candy so in a way you can be both for yourself Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that you choose the personal development track and be all like, "Yay, positivity!" You lose your drive. No, no, I can say that because I myself, I'm still very driven. I have very big money goals, but at the same time, I also know that it's like at the end of the day, I'm with myself. You know, I am enough. And it's funny because the moment you realize you're enough and you work from a place of love and happiness, you actually make more. You can try it out, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there. You reminded me of something. Um, somebody that I really love, Ed Milet. He's a motivational yes, speaker. He's yeah, he's, he, he, he. I love that you term, love him. Yeah, he uses the term blissful dissatisfaction. Yes. And I believe like that's exactly what you're talking about. With yeah. you can be blissfully dissatisfied and always striving for the next version of yourself, the next level, but still within you being at peace with who you are and loving and accepting yourself in that moment. And I know once I finally achieve that, like my life just opened up. And so, you know, hearing you tell that story as well, it just really reminds me that this is a universal truth that is possible for everybody. I'm happy hearing this. And uh, I, I guess like some people might be asking, how do we make uh, what Ed says blissful dissatisfaction happen to us in real life? Uh, so what helped for me was, is uh, I set my self love time. Uh, it's morning and before I sleep. Mm. In the middle is hustle time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe you can be that way too. Like, what time of the day are you self loving? What time of your of the day are you putting standards on yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to put proper timelines on that also helps and give structure to your time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's great. Such wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you, Christine. So um, we're going to ask you our last question. So. What are three things you've kind of given us so many like <laughs> golden nuggets of advice, but what are three things that you can advice that you can give to women to help them uplift their lives today? I love this question today. So it's something practical. Number one, start the I am enough challenge with yourself. Start. Um, yeah. Putting post-it notes. It's so easy. It takes you three seconds. So that's the first thing. Number two, eliminate toxic people. How you do that is just to slowly fade away or just block. There's a block feature on Instagram and Facebook. If you, don't see them, yeah, if you don't want to see them, please do yourself a favor today to start auditing your social media. That will help you with your self-esteem. That will help you with your growth. And number three uh, is to set up. Uh, okay, let me think about number three. <laughs> Ask yourself, what is success for me? Ask yourself, because it's sometimes we growing up, we always think success is this or that. Understand that this is others' version, other people's version of success. Today, I want you to ask yourself, what is success for you? And I hope that the answer gives you light on how you're going to move forward. That's so perfect. Thank oh, you for sharing. Oh, that's amazing. That. 
Oh, Christine, thank you for being here. That's so awesome. And for our audience, if they would like to connect with you, where can they connect with you? Uh, okay, so I'm on www.christinechan.com and you can find everything there. I also have a free newsletter. Everything is there. I talk to you every single week. So that's the best way to find me. All my social media handles are all there as well. Perfect. And we'll link it all in the description of the video and of the notes. Awesome. Anything else you need to add? No, thank you so much, thank Christine. You, thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Too. Thank you. And thank you, Randy. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with us. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. To continue the conversation, follow Catherine and Randy on social media. Our links are listed in the show notes. We can't wait to share another powerful story with you next week. And until then, stay stay uplifted. uplifted.